thing about a film like Freaks is that it was never a big hit until it got into the right hands. And part of that was the need for it to go to a counterculture that didn't exist in the 1930s. And here, in Freaks, the most powerful aspect of this film was the fact that it was either incredibly exploitative of its cast, or it was one of the rare times when people outside the norms of society were given an actual chance to tell a story where they were the heroes. And I think the best part of it is not necessarily the documenting of the sideshow acts of uh, Angelo Rossetti and Johnny Eck and uh, the Hilton sisters. Like, they're all huge, important parts of the world in which it lives. The classic human torso moment where he actually lights his own cigarette and actually, in the extended version, supposedly rolled his own cigarette, which he did on stage for years. Having those documented in a feature film is key because it allows us to know what happened in the past with this group that is known because there's been a lot of studies and research into the history of the sideshow and of sort of the freak show, really, is what they were literally called. But at the same time, it was a story that was being told within that document. So the idea here is that a trapeze artist is a gold digger, basically, and she seduces Hans because she finds out that he has large inheritance. And our trapeze artist is actually conspiring with the strongman to kill Hans and take all the money. And she poisons his wine. And other people in the, the sideshow are doing their thing. They're trying to keep Cleopatra, is her name, uh, her from killing him. But they also fear her because she is the outsider to them. She is the normal. And there's the classic moment where uh, she's married uh, Hans. And they have this sort of initiation ceremony where they pass around wine and they're saying... We accept her, we accept her, one of us, one of us. Goo-boo gobble, goo-boo gobble, one of us, one of us. And she freaks out. Which leads Hans to basically realize that she's a beast. And now he's starting to get sick, and he gets better because various things but here's the key to it when it is revealed that cleopatra is the bad the bad guy really is what it comes down to the freaks attack and they transform transform her into the human duck and it is a grotesque practically 
Hieronymus Bashian image. But the moment when they're pursuing her and her boyfriend, the strongman, is just insane. There's a moment where uh, we see Angelo Rossetti coming at Hercules with a switchblade. And again, this is another one where the extended version, the original ending, uh, had the freaks castrating the strongman. And that's just wow. But alongside all of this, we have the interactions. I mean, they, they call them in a lot of places slice of life things. And that's kind of what it is. It's what goes on in a sideshow, in that environment when you're living in it. Like you have the bearded lady who has, uh, who has a baby and in a really funny little bit, uh, the stork woman actually is the one who informs everyone that uh, the bearded lady has had of her has had her kid. Uh, we have the Hilton sisters doing this great, great bit because they were actually decent actors, and the two of them have relation two separate marriages going on and sort of the interaction between their bodies. Um, and we see little things like Francis O'Connor, who was the armless wonder. Uh, combing her hair and stuff and all these things that are are presented in a way that just shows them living their lives and yeah uh, you know the Hilton sisters one is gets a little more dramatic but really it's mostly about people who have been forced to come to a sort of enclave where they are accepted for who they are. And it's the realization that in that society that they have created around this shared job that they have, that they have created this society, that it is a regular society that they have rules, that they have friendships, that they have families. It's a really interesting view because we don't get that, and particularly in horror films. And this was marketed as a horror film. And if you trace the path of the film, it absolutely is a horror film. There is no doubt about that. But why it's a horror film is an interesting question. Because I think MGM saw this as a horror film because people were being confronted with the freaks. I think what they saw as the elements of horror was the collection of people outside of society living as if they were a real society. I think that that's what MGM saw as the horror aspect. Whereas to me, the aspect is of horror here is about the levels of which we, we as the normies, how we would treat people and how violently that can come back on us and frankly should. That end image is insane and frightening. The, the way that we are presented with these characters is super impressive. But at the same time, I feel as if they are not necessarily being exploited. But I'm also not 100% sure they're being celebrated. And what I kind of feel is happening here is you have a film that was seen by Browning, Todd Browning, who had directed Dracula and basically kicked off the entire Universal Monster concept. I think Browning saw this as the horror of the invasion of those who are not of X, Y, and Z into X, Y, and Z. In this case, the trapeze artist and the strongman into the world of the sideshow, of the freaks. I think he saw it as these are people who are not of the other, who are attempting to make themselves a part of the other's community 
to take advantage of what the other has made for themselves. But I think that MGM saw it as everyone likes to stare at the freaks, so let's give them that and then they can make a story around it. And the story they made was great, and the way it was told was great. MGM's version of this is an exploitative film. I don't think Browning made this an exploitation film. And I think that aspect is very difficult to do with a film like this. This was put on the registry in 1994, and deservedly so. I think the National Film Registry was created for films like this. Films that survived and thrived after their initial release. Because this bombed. This was an absolute failure. But once the 50s came around in the 60s, it started to get shown on television, on things like creature features. And once that, once that you got that, you started to find new appreciation. And it actually got decent reviews. Not everywhere. But it was well-received, though them just didn't make money. On the other hand, once MGM sold the rights to it, and in the early 60s when you would start to see it pop up on TV, and I hear that it actually made the sort of the cult film circuit in the 70s and 80s, uh, I don't quite remember it, but I'm not surprised if that happened. But once that happens, the counterculture, and particularly the 60s counterculture, like the one that grew up around San Francisco, It makes sense why they would come to this film. It is a film about what happens when normal society inserts itself where it doesn't belong. What story would have been more appealing to the hippies? This is a really important film, and I think everyone should go out of their way to make sure they see it and try to understand it. Because it ain't easy to understand, but it's worth it. (laughs) 